If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. everyone and welcome to podcast unlocked episode 54 this is ign's best and only xbox 360 centric podcast i'm your host stephen hopper the head of ign's xbox channel joining me today are locksmith's mitch dyer associate editor of xbox i am also stephen hopper nope you you are Mm. and we're all stephen hopper in some Mm. way aren't we yeah me just me in the most way okay and rejoining the podcast after a long long absence is casey lynch Beard in chief of IGN. What's up? How's it going, Casey? Hey. Pretty good. How are you? Great. Welcome back. It's Thank you forever. for having me. Absolutely. Anytime, man. It's good having you. Um, we uh we've missed you. Have Dearly. You? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. People keep emailing us asking when you're gonna be back. Exactly. Like I, as soon as Pete left, he's like, Where's Casey? Bring Casey back. I do this crazy thing. It's called runign.com. What's that like? Oh, it's busy. That that so, really? It's not. Yeah. Full, I don't know. Full of shit, man. So I, I'm sorry. But it's good to be back. Thank you. Good. For good. Welcome. This will be a nice break in your day. Yeah. Seriously. Exactly. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about The Witcher 2, which is a huge, huge Xbox 360 exclusive. Well, console exclusive, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. It's also on the PC, and it's fabulous on the PC. Mm-hmm. I said fabulous. Mm-hmm. And... Trials Evolution, which just launched today on Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, we're going to talk about Halo 4. The uh, release date uh, just went announced. Hey, it has one of those now. This week it does. Yay. It does. We can say for sure now that it's coming out in 2012, even though some people were like, oh, well, maybe it's 2013. I don't know. There was no but, way they were going to miss this year. I know. I know. That's exactly what I was We'll saying. get to that. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Spec Ops multiplayer, which Mitch saw this week yep and uh, he's gonna enlighten us about that mm-hmm. uh, but first off guys let's talk about the witcher 2 now mitch yep. you've spent significant amount of time with uh at least the pc version yeah, of the game. literally no time on the 360 at all yeah you've played more than i have and you played like a 15 minute demo <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. i mean the game is really awesome on pc is my favorite rpg favorite game of that year of what 2011 was the last year wow yeah. um yeah yeah that yeah came it out was May of last year right yeah favorite game of last year by far um, cool because it's that's a that's a big really cool RPG that's not a lot like anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it, third person combat choices, dialogue, whatever, like that's all the same. But the way the dialogue and the choices affect the gameplay is incredible. Like you will go in the second act. The second act will be completely different, mm-hmm. and not just like who you talk to, but like the entire location <clears throat> is different. The quest lines are different, uh, and yet like all the people are different. Have you guys played any of this game? Because it's fucking insane how big it is and how I've... the choices diverge. I've played, like you said, um, just a little bit of it at uh, different preview events and stuff, and I really dug it. I love the pace. I love the story. Yep. Um, it's just a very rich and robust universe, and uh, I, I really like the way it actually ran on 360. I mean, a lot of people have been, you know, with the retail version, saying that there's a little bit of, like, frame rate issues here and there and some technical hiccups. Yeah, and Keza brings that up in the review. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, the, the time that I've spent with it, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I thought it was as solid as just about any other fantasy action RPG that you're going to find on the 360. 
You going to play that, Casey? I am going to play it. I have it sitting at my house on a stack of games. You're going to install all three of those discs? Uh, well, well, I guess it's two. This third one's a soundtrack. You know, discs, <laughs> install it. Di- disc installations aside, uh, all I hear about is people talking about how hard this game is. So mm-hmm. tell me, why is it so difficult? Like, I hear you have to, like, oil your blade before you attack, or there's sort of situational-based tactics, like you have, to, like you were saying, go this way for stealth and go this way for XYZ. I mean, why, why is this game getting this name as being a, a tough game? Because the combat's fucking ridiculously difficult, just Why? in general. Um, like the the way the ooh, sorry the way the, the fights are structured is it's just you against whoever's there, um, which is pretty common, you know. But for whatever reason, these guys just don't hold back. Guys will attack you. It's not like Assassin's Creed where you stand in the middle and wait for the guy to come at you and then you kill him. Like no, these guys will team based. Like they are very team based in their AI. Like they will mess you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and also hits hit really hard. Like, you'll lose half a bar of health when you get hit by a sword because you're getting hit with a sword. You're going to die when that happens. Hmm. Um, so it's it's very challenging. I played the game on easy when I played it just because I couldn't get through the tutorial. That was, like, super difficult, and that was <laughs> that was wow. a huge turnoff. Really? Yeah. yeah, so the first fight <laughs> takes place around wait, this. Wait, wait a second. You, <laughs> yeah. You review on, video games for a living, and I do, you yeah. couldn't get through the tutorial. Yeah. It, it opens with know. a bang. There's like a... I don't know what that means. Yeah, so floating the, castle or something. Right, so you're assaulting this castle, and the yeah. first fight is like around this catapult. Are you aware of this, Steven? Uh, why did we hire Mitch? He doesn't know how to play games. <laughs> Mitch, we got to have a I can't read. I can't play games. And now, now it's starting to make me doubt your score for Ninja Gaiden 3. I mean, come Ooh, on, was that... It's true. I done goofed. You played that on Ouch. easy, too, didn't you? Too soon. Hmm. No, no, no. Sorry. All this, <laughs> this is why you don't have me on the podcast anymore. <laughs> don't bring the boss. We on gotta have the a show, talk, Casey. Man, he's questioning. No, my it's just interesting. Fucking... I, I hear mm. you know. Uh, sometimes you hear difficulty associated yeah. with different titles. You know, the combat, like saying Dark Souls, is really tough. Right. So, uh, you know, do I want to play The Witcher? Tell me. I mean, yeah, is, play it on it, easy. I mean, it, I am I going to be like punching myself in the face? because no, I'm no, so no. angry. It, it's not so much that the game is like just frustratingly difficult it's and not unfair like um it's a matter of it, it it's incredibly complex and deep game it's very skill-based i mean like, it's it's a hardcore rpg like you need to go in knowing quite a bit about the genre mm-hmm. before you can you know think to tackle it yeah like there are so many situations even on easy the just the way the enemies attack you like the way the way they where they come from and how they hit you and stuff like they're they're relentless they will beat the shit out of you mm-hmm. even on easy i was having not a tough time like i wasn't like oh i can't do it but it was a really satisfying challenge on easy to like dodge out of the way of this spider and attack three little guys who are jumping at me while other things are happening around me. like there's just so much going on you have mm-hmm. to be able to keep up with everything happening at once yeah i think pete said it best in his preview about two months ago that the game does not hold your hand I mean, it's it's complicated and it's complex, but I mean, if you stick with it and figure out the system, it's incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You Even, know, you know, they've changed the difficulty <laughs> in the past year. Mm-hmm. So immediately after release on PC, people flipped out and they're like, "This is too hard. I can't do it." So CD Projekt patched it. They toned down the difficulty on normal, and then with, <laughs> the, yeah. But they also, in the process, added oh, another no. difficulty level. Um, to, to kind of balance it out to not piss people off um, and with this release the enhanced edition they changed it again I'm not sure in what capacity but it has been modified again mm-hmm. so it's more manageable mm. can't wait to dive into it play it it's phenomenal you know what it sounds a lot like is Journey <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's basically the same game <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's like the antithesis of that. One's an 80-hour um, action RPG. The well, now one, you're uh, making me re- rethink uh, if I want to play it, which I think would probably be a mistake. So probably, I'm going yeah. I'm I'm to play it tonight. Play it. So. I mean, I really, you definitely play it. I, I really want to play that, and I really want to play Trials. I know that we're going to talk about that, too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I, definitely. A couple of people in the office have been playing that, and that looks crazy, especially like the, the more drawn-out fatalities from, you know, or the finishers yeah. from, the, uh, from the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing, the my main takeaway from Trials, like my experience with it i haven't uh gotten a chance to play it yet on xb on yeah, xbla xbla experience the experience beyond um what? but i have watched Jay-Z's like fiance. other people around the office yes i've watched a lot of people around the office play it and it's seriously one of those games that if you see someone over your shoulder playing it you're going to go walk up and yep and not leave their desk for like half an hour it's fascinating just to it watch is. like it's super interesting like even though i've played probably like 20 hours with trials hd mm-hmm. and i know exactly how that game functions and i look at evolution and i'm like yep okay i get it it's more trials new places with cool multiplayer i'm in 
but I walk by Damon's desk and it's like, I'm going to watch him do this. <laughs> I'm going to watch him do this 15 minute track because yeah. I want to see if he can do it. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it, it's just the weirdest, craziest, awesomest looking game. Yep. Like it's so fun to watch. And the, and the track editor, I mean, I don't know how much either of you guys have seen of that, but it's, it's pretty insane. The, the shit that you can do in that game is just staggering. Have you seen this, Casey? I have not seen so the track, track editor. So the track editor is like a video game editor. You can make games out of this thing. Right. Just there are enough. It's so complex, and there are so many advanced options. Like in the, in the basic options, it's like build a ramp because it's a 2D side-scrolling bike racing trick game. Um, and you can place ramps, and you can place rails, and you can place all sorts of shit that let you build your own level. But if you go to the advanced settings, you can start like creating algorithms and triggers and all sorts of video gamey <laughs> things to build like a first-person shooter or a foosball table, and those are all those are in the game. Specifically. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, it looks like it's going to be one of these games where you have this. Most people are going to play it for the general offering, but mm-hmm, then there mm-hmm. will probably be this giant core community um, that you know remakes Resident Evil Four in it or something, which <laughs> Dude, is crazy. Awesome. But that would, that, yeah. Uh, or, or you know, or something like that. I mean, that's what I've heard too. Like, uh-huh. uh, people are going to be remaking games. So, well, can, can we, we can we get like Act Razor or something? Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> going to make Mitch cry. <laughs> Act Razor Revolution. This is like the third <laughs> week in a row it's come up, and it pleases me so much. <laughs> what Act Razor? It's come up in, on podcasts unlocked. Did yes. I bring it up constantly? Act Razor. Dude, it's Mitch's Why? favorite it's game. It's my favorite game of all time. Dude, Are you serious? It. Yeah, yep. you didn't know this? No. Oh, I thought you were playing into my hand here. No. I <laughs> no. fucking love ActRaiser. Wow. It's amazing. I just, that was just random. I don't know. I was just trying to think of a game that you wouldn't rebuild in Trial Evolution, mm. I guess. I don't know. Dude. Mitch would totally rebuild I'll, I'm on it. That's me. Yeah. That's I got it. That's his mission now. Yep. Wow. I want to make that <laughs> game. Right. Shit. But yeah, Trials Evolution, freaking awesome. Now, yeah. the, the game, um, from what I've heard, isn't yeah. quite as cruel to play as the first one. The first one had uh, a lot of big difficulty spikes, but it does get mm-hmm. hard towards the end. And uh, just word to the wise for people who are out there trying to um, get gold medals um, and do the best on all the tracks. I think we have full video walkthroughs of every single one of the tracks mm-hmm. with a gold status uh, on the Trials Evolution wiki on IGN.com right now. So yeah, pretty that, intense. That wiki is pretty amazing. Yep. I mean, the, the community has done an amazing job of building that thing out because it looks fantastic. So, I mean, if you're, uh, if you're playing Evolution right now, definitely check out the wiki. It's huge, and it's spectacular. Yep, and it's all video, too. And I think that they're, <laughs> they have a bunch of guys that are going for perfect runs, too, with like mm-hmm. so there's no mistakes. Um, and uh, I've... I haven't gotten a look, but I think they're close to getting halfway done with the game uh, with all perfect runs. So, I mean, you know, it's like it's like when you're trying to three-star Angry Bird space levels, like those end ones that are just insane. That's true. You know, it helps just to watch the videos. So, hmm. Trials Definitely. has, like, the exact same appeal to me as Angry Birds on a phone. Like, I load it up on my 360. I'm like, I'm going to play a few rounds. And then suddenly I'm, like, playing it for hours on end, and I've been playing the exact same course. Because in that game, you figure out, like, you, you start to understand so much about it that when you make one tiny mistake and you know you're going to wipe out, you just hit the back button and restart. And you just you just know. You start over. And you will start over so many times to yep. get that perfect run. That's, yeah, I, I do the same thing in Joe Danger also. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'll, I'll, seriously, I get three seconds into a, into a course and I'll <laughs> nope. just say, fuck restart. it. Nope. Restart. 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 I'll do that Constantly. like 20 times. But it's not frustrating. Like, as much as, <clears> that game, <throat> it, it, it's frustrating in the smallest fraction of time possible. Yeah. But it's and it's the most it's angriest you will ever be in failing <laughs> trials for the shortest possible amount of time, and then you're so happy to be playing trials when you restart. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the opposite feeling of like Super Meat Boy. Like you're mm. you have the the moments of anger when you realize that you've done the same thing like 50 times. <laughs> Fuck! I ran off the edge again. But then you started, <laughs> and and you realize yet again you're still playing uh, Super Meat Boy, and you're just then you just want to you know kick your own teeth in because that game's <laughs> i don't know but i love it when you beat when super you... super Meat Boy broke my heart like Aww. that that game is uh it is a cruel temptress it really is because i love it i can confession i love super Meat Boy, but, but it's it's, just, it's a tough game it mm-hmm. is but it's really transparent because at the end yep. of every course like it shows you exactly what you did so you just see like this legion of of 50 meat boys jumping into a into the same fan. fucking buzzsaw yeah getting chopped up everywhere <sighs> It's, it's cathartic seeing mm-hmm. something like that. Is I that what you it. call it? That is what I call it. <laughs> Take that past me, you failure. <laughs> look what you did, and then look what I did. To hell with you, I man. I won. Oh. Awesome. So, yeah, Trials Evolution. It's uh, 1,200 Microsoft points. Yep. And uh, it's got a free trial like every XBLA game. So definitely it's, check it out if you're curious. It's the trial trial. The trial's trial. Yeah, the trial's trial. 
We yep. we got an email from someone. I don't know if it's in this list, but did mm-hmm. you see it? It's somebody wants to know if we should buy if he should buy Fez or Trials, and oh, I God. couldn't answer. Like I didn't reply because I just didn't. I don't know. Both nice. are both are awesome. Yeah, oh, Christ. Oh, that's a really hard one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like well, I don't have an answer. Yeah, Fez is a phenomenal game. I personally, and this is totally just personally, not not my advice to you. Um, but just speaking from you know my personal preference and the games that I like to play, I would go Fez. Um, and I'm sure that there's millions out there who would disagree with me. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I mean, uh, for everybody that's played Trials HD, you've essentially played kind of what Trials Evolution is. So mm-hmm. to, um, yeah, to an extent. But. I, but Fez is something entirely original, and I, I would I would go Fez, and I have played Fez, and mm-hmm. I. I definitely love Fest. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, plus, I mean, I don't know. It's just different. I mean, we've, but but hell, just play both of them. Jesus. Yeah, man. I mean, what are you yeah. talking about? Like just 25 buy a twenty bucks point here? card. Yeah. yeah. Twenty five. Yep. Man. Yep. So good. Both yeah, of them. I would go Fez. What about, what about you, Mitch? Um, had you asked me before I played Fez, I absolutely would have said Trials. But now that I've played Fez, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> that game is incredible. It's so, so special. Just try to scrounge up the extra money and get both, man. Yep. You're, you won't be disappointed. If I had to choose between Fez and Trials Evolution, I think I would choose Pinball Effects. Ooh. There you go. Whoa! It's, did twist! I, what? <laughs> That's a good choice, though. One. There you go. Holy bajoli. Indeed. All right, guys, let's move on. Um, well, a little game. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's kind of small, an indie project mm-hmm. coming yeah, yeah. out of Tell me more. Seattle. It's a mm-hmm. uh, Hola for like yeah, like Hola cuatro. Hello, hey, mm. hey, Haley, Haley. What's that? Someone named Haley. Pardon? Four. I don't. Halo Four got a release date this week. Guys. I don't know what that is. Hola. It's coming out. Um, I'm spacing on the date. It's November sixth. Yes. Which is also election day. Womp. It is. Yep. So I can't vote in this country. So yay, <laughs> Halo Day! I mean, it's really kind of strange. I mean, on one hand, there's going to be all this media attention surrounding the election, um, and it's a big day. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's a huge thing to go up against. Uh, all the the I mean, the national and world attention is going to be uh, honed in on the the race for the the presidency. Obama well, versus true. Master Chief. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I'm sure we're going to see stuff like that. But then on the flip side, that period in advertising mm-hmm. um, is is one of the most expensive to buy, and it's almost like Super Bowl. Wow. So meaning like if you want to be on TV during the presidential election, you're spending uh, a pretty penny. Yeah. Pardon the cliche. So that just means, you know, that Microsoft, you know, who were definitely hurting for money. <laughs> and uh, I'm kidding. And you know, three for three, and you know the various marketing teams. Um, they're just gonna have to pay a lot for that that placement alongside Mr. Uh, are we are are we thinking it's gonna be Mitt Romney r- running against Obama? Is that what the uh, uh, yeah. what the kids are saying now? I thought you were gonna say. I think it's pretty much in the bag for Romney. So so on November sixth, when you're voting for Ron Paul or <laughs> President Obama, uh-huh. you also might be uh, putting in your sixty dollar vote for Master Chief. There's, the 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 running joke is that like people aren't gonna vote because they're going to stay at home and play Halo, but it's like, I don't know. I think if, you know, go get your, go get your copy of Halo. You're out and about <laughs> anyway. Stop by be? the voting like, booth. Is it, if, is like, a, nobody voted. A dot in the history books 100 years from now. In the presidential election of 2012 was thwarted by an interactive entertainment piece of media called Halo 4. Everyone's British in the future. And that's, how, that's actually how it sounds when you read. Good, yeah. Isn't that the, what, the voice you hear in your head when you read? No. no? I wish. It's uh, going to be now. <laughs> now. Yeah. Now I'm ruined. Totally what it's going to be. Unlocked. Episode 50. It's just Peter Molyneux in my head. But yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to be grabbing Halo 4 on day one. Yeah, go vote. Um, Dummies. Yeah, do just, both. Just vote. Like, hey, just I'm vote. going to the to the polling station. I'm going to vote and, you know, be a, a, a proper American citizen. No, no offense. You, uh, vote, you vote where I can't. Exactly. Here, here's my tip Master for Chief. whoever wants to win this election. <laughs> so, Mitt, if you're listening, uh, and Obama, if you're on, um, here, here's what I think. I think that you should go campaign at the midnight launches of Halo because that's where the audience will be. Jeez. At midnight, uh, you know, the turn from November 5th to November 6th, there's going to be so many people standing in front of GameStops and ba- – are there still Babbage's? <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> I don't believe so. I'm old. So. But you know what I mean? And there's going to be all these people that are up until the, you know, the early butt crack of dawn playing Halo. Then they're going to either 
get up and be forgetful when they go into work or not even go to work at all. So I think yeah, a lot of people aren't going be, into work. They're going to be, be playing scary. Halo, man. I mean, what if it sells like running through that campaign? What if it sells like ten million copies on day one, and half of those people are all taken out for a twenty-four hour cycle because they're all binging on Halo? Scary times. Can we just totally ahead of time? Can we just say that none of us are going to be in the office for that day? Can we just all stay home? Can we book that now? We're talking to the boss, so yeah. Can I? I What do you say? Yeah, let's all just stay home. I think some concessions need to be made. Let's do some bro op on that (laughs) Tuesday. Let's plan ahead. Bro operative experience. Let's do it. All right, All right. I, I, I'm down. We have to talk about it and figure it out. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yes, um, that's it's coming that's out. Yay! Yay! We have a date. We have a date. Um, speaking of multiplayer and what have you, that's um, only seven months away. It is. Is that right? Wait, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think you just. I just count on my fingers. It's a little oh, yeah, under yeah, yeah. seven months. I don't it's get like paid to do math. Six months and a week. That's why you write. It's kind of crazy. Oh, no, wait, six months and three weeks. That's what I meant. Um, so Mitch, tell us about Spec Ops. Spec Ops uh, is a video game. It is. Yep, I did. We've talked a little bit about Spec Ops before on the podcast. Um, it's a uh, a shooter with a pretty interesting concept to the campaign, um, a, a cool story, and I like that focus of it. But um, you weren't terribly sold on the multiplayer. Not really. Tell I us mean, about it. So the single player. What makes the single player interesting is this like really emotionally charged, dark, gripping story. Uh-huh. Um, kind of built around this fairly standard third person shooter, but I've never played it, um, but everyone else who comes back from it is like, dude, it doesn't matter that mm-hmm. it's just a shooter because it's it's a good shooter, but it's the story and stuff that like really pulls you through and it makes it really awesome. Yeah, and none of that exists in multiplayer. Multiplayer yeah. is team deathmatch. Um, there there are a few modes like King of the Hill, which is built exactly like Crazy King from Halo. Is that? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm bad at video game references. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then there's the last mode, which I can't remember what they call it, but it's it's really cool. It's kind of like a base destroying thing like you have three points at your base i have three points at my base and we're trying to destroy those Mm -hmm. um so if i'm on the attack then i leave my base open and the whole thing with multiplayer is it's very squad based i think it's only it's four and four Mm -hmm. which is meant to give you like this more intimate team-based experience but the maps are huge for four there's so many diverging paths and like alternate routes and verticality to it like one of the maps is this like busted up hotel place where you can go on the roof and like all around the lobby and there's all sorts of floors inside and Mm -hmm. it's very confusing with four people and you know overall there just wasn't anything about that multiplayer that i found terribly interesting or exciting it exists it's functional it's fine there are some interesting ideas but not a whole lot that stands out or is going to differentiate it and i think the the draw the draw to that game is definitely going to be the single player and i wonder why they bothered with multiplayer when they could have just focused elsewhere a world or i'm sorry a war shooter yeah you know they it's kind of a, a given you have to have some sort of multiplayer component yeah. to it and they do add some cool stuff like the each faction that you play as has its own <clears throat> different perks uh yeah a- attached to the faction before you even start equipping items that you unlock right um which lets you like get defensive bonuses and cover or uh blanking on a good one uh sprint in the sandstorm because there uh-huh. are all sorts of environmental effects that give it or play into the game as well okay well i mean it, that sounds like it could bring something to the multiplayer yeah though, so right? there, are, there are very cool moments in the multiplayer but uh-huh. as a whole like on the macro level it's you know it, people will look at it and say it's a shooter i get it yeah but it's not going to be anything that's going to pull you away from call of duty um, right right kind of you know it's fine <laughs> so you you mentioned that you know they were pretty big maps and if you're only if you only have like four people on your team yep um that sounds like there's going to be a lot of downtime and a lot of like ground to cover and that was something that i always hated about a lot of the the more epic scale or the giant grandeur types of uh, multiplayer shooters right. is, you know, you start out at your spawn point and you have to like haul ass for maybe like a good three or four minutes until you finally get to some action. And then What's up, guy, Battlefield? I was going to say, you're talking about Battlefield? <laughs> I am. I am actually. I'm talking about like, uh, well, I mean, three kind of, three is still guilty of this. Like it, it definitely does this, but I mean like playing two. Um, you get into a map situation where there's just not a lot of people in it, or you're not at yeah. like you know the server capacity or whatever, and you're you're just like fucking running your ass the whole goddamn time, like trying to hoof it to get to the yeah. action. Then you finally get there and you're dead, and you have to start way back when. These maps are not nearly that big. Okay, um, that's good. It's just for four people, like four on four. It's mm-hmm. still, it's you know they're a little bit too big for that for that few amount of players. Yeah, yeah, but there's zip lines. The zip lines are really cool though, because like you can be up high and you just no, grab no, one. No, no, no. There's zip lines. 
Yeah. Yeah, so so <laughs> shut the fuck up. Okay. Touche. You got me. Just He's got you there. Those are cool, though, right? Because you can slide across like the entire map in one go. You just hop on the zipline, and suddenly you're on the other side uh, okay. if you don't get shot. And, the, you know, that really changes up the dynamic of the, of the flow because your entire team could suddenly be on the other side of the map capturing this control point if they happen to be at the <laughs> right place at the right time. Okay. So, I mean, that adds some sort of interesting dyma- dynamic i'm just trying to like surmise what yeah what what we can pull out of this multiplayer yeah they're, experience. they're it's great. right yeah exactly they're yeah, what, a, what about the rocks the rocks are pretty amazing so you get instead of a grenade you can just equip a rock and chuck rocks at people <laughs> so i mean there's this through line i mean spec ops the line uh is set mm-hmm. in this dubai deserty area with these sandstorms like you guys are talking about so yeah. mm-hmm. But I think this is actually kind of a cool idea to be able to pick up and grab and throw a rock. And, and when, okay. it's, when it's thrown over to, to you, um, your grenade monitor goes off and you can't tell if it's actually a grenade or a rock. It's just yeah. the little red indicator that you're close to something that's been thrown that's goes off. That's actually really yeah, cool. It's a, it's a really awesome function. And so, you guys will freak out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I like so that. if you have somebody that's kind of uh, bunkered down in cover, you mm-hmm. can just huck a rock over there. Now, uh, can you have like two grenades and a rock? Yeah, so if you throw a grenade and it misses, um, you could throw a rock, and they might be like, oh, another rock, or another grenade, or shit, and they're going to pop up and give you that chance to, to pop them, or they're going to flee out of this uh, control point in the King of the Hill area. But um, I guess what, what I mean is, how many how many um, things like that can you carry? Like, can I, can I have two grenades in my inventory and then pick up a rock and throw it? Yeah, so you have one rock at all times. Um, the, oh. the counter just goes to zero and then it refills because it's just you picking up a rock off the ground. There, there isn't even like an animation for it. You just have a rock it at just all goes times. <laughs> yeah. But uh, grenades, you can have like two or three at a time. And okay. I think if you, I as it. you accrue kills or as you get kills or whatever, um, you earn more. I'm not entirely sure how the process works, but at some point somebody had three grenades and was just bombarding us. Now, what about uh, actually playing in the Sandstorm? I know that there was a mechanic similar to this in the Gears of War series. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it does it work? Does it mix up gameplay, or is it just sort of annoying that now all of a sudden your visibility has been cut and movement's really slow? It's a bit of both. It's not... I don't know. I found it more interesting in Gears than I did in Spec Ops for whatever reason. Here, it's... You know, the, the Sandstorm blows in. Everything gets dark and red, like things do in Sandstorms, apparently. Uh, and you can't run. You, your guy's just like put his hands over his eyes and walks and blind fires because you can't see anything. And if you're lucky, you'll hit somebody. Uh, but it, your best bet is to just get inside, right? And throw rocks. Yeah, exactly. Where in Gears, I don't think there was the chance to even escape a sandstorm. When it was there, it was there. Hmm. But it, it wasn't about hindering you so much as like, I mean, obviously it blinded you a little bit, but you could still like go through the storm. And personally, in Gears 3, I found that like the best opportunity to just sprint to the other side of the map and get behind them. And then start chainsawing dudes from behind and sneaking up on them with shotguns and all sorts of stuff. Like, I, I really use that to my advantage, where most would get in cover and just wait. Uh, whereas here, you kind of have to either <laughs> hide and wait or get inside, but there's no real opportunities to use it to your advantage, even if you have the perk that lets you sprint in the storm. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, in Gears, I mean, anybody can sprint through a sandstorm mm-hmm. because that's how cogs are. They kick <clears throat> ass. Yeah, buddy. They're big guys. But, so, unless you have this perk equipped, then you're just kind of hoofing it halftime. You're pretty much a sitting duck. Yeah. And Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't play it, but from the footage that I saw, it just looks like you're kind of, and I, I'm, you know, I'm making a, a movement right here with my head over, <laughs> yeah, my uh-huh. hand over my head. Yeah. Reverse that, but. Um, <laughs> it, that kind of stuff, I've never been a fan of, like, oh, this thing's happening in the real world in your game, and, but the actual gameplay now suddenly becomes dumb or slow. Right, it's a, it's a single player mm-hmm. problem where the developer takes control away from you. And in a multiplayer game, that's really weird. And kind of irritating, and hmm. I didn't, I couldn't get. Behind now, granted, it. it's taken away from everybody, so it's sort of there's some parity. Yeah, there is a bit of balance there, unless you have that perk. Exactly. But at, at which point you're t- you're using that perk instead of something else. So now, if you chuck a grenade during a sandstorm, I mean, considering how visibility is lower, um, does it, do you still get that indicator? Uh, it's a very specific question. Uh, I couldn't yeah. tell you. Probably, hmm. yeah. I but think your radar cool goes you da- your radar goes down, so you don't see anything oh, okay. uh, there. So maybe it doesn't. I'm not hmm. sure how the HUD works. Interesting. So that's interesting. Uh, in the video that you and Anthony shot, um, you guys talk about, you know, th- this is your your experience with the game, and yep. uh, you wonder if the game's going to struggle to find an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I-, I think that's a really good point. I mean, games like this, and think back on, uh, you know, a ton of the games that have come out that don't have <laughs> Call of Duty or Halo in the title, when they come and ship with a multiplayer suite, uh, I mean, I wonder how many people outside of sort of a very, very 
slim core fan base actually play these games. I mean, mm-hmm. like how many people were playing Turok multiplayer like yeah. a few months in? I mean, it was really I was, fun. You it was dinosaurs. really fun at the beginning to knife <laughs> dinosaurs, yes. And remember at the very beginning they had that achievement where... Uh, I would kill you and a dinosaur and it, an enemy and get an achievement? Yes. Yeah. Or there was, no, even better, there was an achievement where uh, you would kill your entire uh, team. Oh, that was and it, they, right? They yeah. took that out yeah. uh, oh. because it, it was, you know, the people were griefing each other because at the very beginning <laughs> of the match, you would have a complete suicide. So, but that maybe that's not the best example. Like, look at other games like Prey or, you know, the, yeah. uh, Time Shift or these, you know, smaller games that, you know, they have are uh, Turning Point, Fall of Liberty. Oh, God. What a waste. <laughs> the Darkness, even. Yeah. Or even, um, you know, some of the bigger games like yeah. Dead Space 2, Bioshock 2. It's funny you should mention Bioshock 2 because guess who's making Spec Ops multiplayer? Well, it's that team. Yay. But, I mean, regardless, I mean, the Bioshock 2 multiplayer was all right, but it yeah. wasn't something that I think is going to attract a giant right. crowd of Same people. thing with Dead Space. Dead Space multiplayer was fun. It had some cool ideas, but it was totally super superfluous. Exactly. So I mean, what what does that what does that say to developers, or I guess what should developers be learning from that? Like, unless you are Call of Duty or Madden or Halo, should you just not think about online multiplayer? I think that's a really depressing point of view because at that point, it's just everyone giving up, right? Like, well, they were doing it, so why should we bother? But I think, but what's the yeah. reality on the flip side? Like, how many games actually reach sort of critical mass? Very few. True. Yeah. But I think it's a matter of knowing your audience, right? Like, exactly. you have to know what they're going to respond to. Um, in the case of Homefront, it was like the reverse where they were like, well, we need multiplayer because that's what people need. And their multiplayer was actually kind of good where the single player sucked. Um, and people latched onto that and not the campaign. So it's this weird like reverse, the, the tacked on thing ended up being the better one. Um, see, I felt that way about Assassin's Creed Brotherhood too. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't like the multiplayer in that, but I just thought the multiplayer was fascinating. I agree. It was so fun. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, and, you know, it's not that the single-player campaign was bad, but I guess I was so impressed with the multiplayer and not expecting it. It's like if you go to see, like, you know, a Jean-Claude Van Damme film and it's Cyborg and you're like, oh, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> and you watch, you're like, eh, it wasn't that bad. And you're like, yeah, yeah. that's a horrible example. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But the thing is, I mean, people are watching Cyborg on sci-fi. They're not spending 60 bucks which is the same price that they would for like you know something like Halo Four, right? Mm-hmm. In a store. But how many people look at a game like Spec Ops and say, "Oh, that has multiplayer. I'm going to buy it." Right. That's <laughs> exactly. But I mean, that's kind of the. I mean, that's where the the fundamental disconnect is because a lot of developers and publishers are, are you know, slapdashing multiplayer and trying to throw it in their games so that they have some sort of leg up on the competition, mm-hmm. where they think that oh shit, you know. Call of Duty has multiplayer and it's gangbusters. If we don't have multiplayer, we're never going to do Call of Duty numbers. Even though in a lot of ways, that you know, you're diverting those assets. You're spending that money that could be spent in either air in you know different areas to really strengthen where the game does shine. Um, but you're not doing it. So here, here's another question. So say the multiplayer sucks for Spec Ops. Does yeah. that matter Which, overall? I'm I'm saying let's right, okay. say just that to it be does. clear, it's not. It's, yeah. it's fine. It's I, just yeah. unspecial. Okay. But well, yes. Okay. Hypothetically, let's, let's say that it comes out and it's just totally forgettable, vanilla, whatever it might be, okay. mm-hmm. unnecessary. Does that matter in the overall value of the game? Like, what if the single player campaign's fantastic? Well, I'm, what I'm saying is that you know it's it's a diversion of assets. And basically. I think I know the answer, but I'm just asking you guys because <laughs> we're talking and being recorded. Yay! Yay. Hey. But no, I mean it, it's they're taking assets that could further go to strengthen the single player. Like let's say there's a, a really badass feature that would you know make that story that really sticks out the one of the strong points of this game in the in the setting. Um, you know they're they're spending money and focusing on on multiplayer. You know they're not fixing this area that could have you know really could be really good you know given those assets um yeah i mean it's it's all about money at the end of the day it's true um and to your question this is something that pete struggled with during his battlefield review and i was so grateful to not be reviewing that game because pete and i were kind of on the same page like battlefield 3's campaign is like the second worst first person shooter campaign i've ever played the first being the aforementioned turning point fall of liberty Uh. um like the battlefield 3 (laughs) campaign is miserable i couldn't stand it i hated every second of it but the multiplayer is what you hated every second of it i couldn't stand it you think that's a little rough no like i I mean six months later i still i look at that game bitterly turning point fall of liberty like was bad but (laughs) it wasn't it it wasn't like they were bad for different reasons yeah 
Like Battlefield 3's it's just I mean, harsh. You hated every second of it. I did. Sounds... The pacing was terrible. The Oof. action was totally pointless. It was assaulting. It was a it was a bad Call of Duty campaign. <laughs> it was assaulting. It was just nonstop. It was, a, it was just, uh, nope, not for me. Anyway, the multiplayer was so good though, and I'm I when I was thinking about like if I was in Pete's shoes, how would I score it? Nine or five. Because it's like that big of a disconnect for me where one mm-hmm. side is amazing, but the other is so bad and takes away from it. So it's kind of like, well, you know, if you're just going to play for multiplayer, it's incredible. But if you're playing for the single player, it's terrible. And if you're not going to play multiplayer, then no bother. It's, I don't know, man. Well, the thing about Battlefield 3's multi, or single player um, was uh-huh. that the series proper had never actually done that before. Um, the focus was on the the core centric multiplayer experience. I mean, of course, you could play the game single player and just fight a bunch of bots and stuff. And you know, they, there were the the bad company games. That, I was going to yell at you about that, but yeah, sure. no, no, bad company like kind of satiated that. But in terms of like the actual Battlefield series, like one, two, and three, and what have you, mm-hmm. um, there really was no like core central single player campaign. And a lot of people bitched about that. They were like, "Well, why isn't there why isn't there an actual cohesive single player campaign?" Look what you've done in the Battlefield series. This exactly. But that's it. Like that's the difference. Like people are were asking for that in Battlefield, and they got it for better or worse. You know, you hated it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, didn't like it. And there are probably even some people who did actually really enjoy the single player campaign. Oh yeah, I know, I know people who are on both sides of the fence. Yeah, but the the point is, people wanted it. Um, I don't think that people in terms of like, you know, Bioshock were really like, man, these plasmids are great. Fuck, why can't I fight somebody on uh-huh. Xbox Live? Why can't I have 12-year-olds yell profanity at me? <laughs> I wish that Bioshock's great, but it needs more racism. Yeah, that kind of thing. And like even... Well, wait, hold on a second. I mean, I remember playing Bioshock and, and just having people say, well, imagine if you could play a first-person shooter multiplayer game with the Bioshock powers. Yeah, but the community wasn't like clamoring for it that never even crossed my mind yeah me neither like i found it a very solid i remember talking about it so Hmm. i mean i i'm not that i was clamoring to use your (laughs) word but uh and i not to suggest that it was in any way wanting i mean the original bioshock is fantastic yeah and it didn't need multiplayer but being able to take the uh the plasmids and, and and whatnot the powers um from the bioshock universe and apply that to a multiplayer situation it definitely has, in theory, potential, but alas, uh, unless your game is called Call of Duty or Halo, it's hard to attract the people or Battlefield mm-hmm. to a lesser degree. Um, and I mean, that that sort of <laughs> sucks, but it just kind of is what it is, right? So I don't know. I mean, it's it's all about what trying to give. I mean, we we mentioned it. It's giving the the audience what they want, what they're going to buy, and uh, I don't know. I mean, is is Spec Ops really that much better for having, you know, lackluster multiplayer? Probably not. Yeah. So why bother? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We did it. We did it, you guys. Good combo, bros. We did it, guys. Let's move on to some emails. Email! There you Damn, go, that man. Was good. <laughs> <laughs> the man comes in and shows us how it's done. It's like, been a while. Almost I fucking immediately. I've been trying, happens. but I can't do it. <laughs> it's tough. It's a really tough one to pull off. It but is. Casey does it with reckless aplomb. That one had a really long tail on it, too. They're Good. supposed to. They are. It's all about the tail. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Nick says... My God. My God. If the recent warm weather here in New England is any indication... Nick's in New England, by the way. Lol. Um, what? Lol. Okay. I, I thought I heard... Uh, summer is just around the corner. After some AAA titles come out in May, the release schedule is looking pretty dry until September, as it is every year. Uh, what do you guys do for your summer gaming? Do you catch up on your backlog, take take a break, maybe stick to lighter fare like XBLA titles? Um, I'm, I'm pretty much just XBLA all the time. <laughs> I love XBLA so much. It's great. Play The Witcher. Definitely play The Witcher. And uh, I, I kind of... I, I wouldn't really say that personally I have a set plan that i do in the summer i mean i, I kind of do a lot of these things i do take breaks like a couple weeks here and there of just mm-hmm. not gaming maybe i'll read a book or <clears throat> go on a trip or something um and i do play a lot of xbla games over the summer just you know come on summer of arcade it's, yeah, a, it's a great time to get xbla games this summer is going to be ridiculous mm-hmm. and i do catch up on my backlog like uh last summer i think i finally finally played all the way through dragon age one nice so Ugh. you know whatever don't we don't don't even <laughs> acknowledge that carry on steven 
Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Nick, it's 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 a little bit of of all of the above for me. You know, I I don't s- stick to any set one thing that I do over the summer, but I do like to play games. Yep, quite a bit. Yep, exactly what Stephen said. Yes. You, Casey? A little bit of all that. I mean, last year there were intermittent um, releases, especially in August. There, were, mm-hmm. I mean, we had Deus Ex: Human Revolution yeah, and uh, Dead Island. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it is a traditionally a, a time where everyone's out traveling around, vacationing, and um, it's a good time to catch up on stuff. And I think Microsoft is smart to have some of arcade, so that'll be fun to tool around with those different games. Definitely. But I mean, I have. I have a. I haven't even played Saints Row the Third, so Dude, I need to play that. Oh, man. Get on um, it. Be I, a good I, one for the summer. So many games I need to finish. It's just sad. I know. I'm right there with you, man. I need like, to finish Arkham City. That's. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, I know. It makes I'm, me sad. Hey, you know, it's I'm fine. Sorry. We don't want to get into Shameless because it's going to just be embarrassing for everyone. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> it's a good time to catch up. Yeah. yeah. Craig says. I sat in front of my Xbox last week playing through the campaign of Mass Effect 3 when I decided to deviate from the main story and do some side quests. Then came the only bad thing about the game on my chosen platform, the disc change. (laughs) I've installed both discs onto my hard drive for the optimum experience, and it occurred to me, why should I have to change discs? Is it a technical limitation? Surely if disc 1 is in my drive, then it would prove that I have the game and I'm not trying to use a hooky copy. Hooky copy? Mm -hmm. He specified in that email that hooky is... uh... It's British. Oh, okay. British for stealing. Gotcha. Fair enough. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I thought hooky was like I'm playing hooky from work. Right. Yeah. S- same deal. Being in like, disingenuous, I guess. Mm. A disingenuous copy. I like that hooky. I'm gonna use that. That's my. That's that's my new thing. Thanks, Craig. Uh, just wondered if we could shed some light on the situation. Well, I mean, yeah, it definitely ultimately boils down to a piracy issue. Yep. Um, just to keep people from like grabbing one disc and you know selling their other yeah one. Stephen and i splitting the cost of one copy and sharing the disc yeah you know i mean it's it's certainly a, a piracy issue it's definitely capable all a game really does essentially when when you install it to your hard drive it loads all of the necessary pertinent game data from your hard drive directly and the disc check is merely to you know be sure that you have the copy i mean that's kind of what modded xboxes do anyways you just install the game onto your hard drive and you don't need it. Yep. Um, which is illegal and bad. Super illegal. So don't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a bummer. I know for sure. But hey, you know, the benefits of installing the game to your hard drive is you get a lot better performance. Um, <clears throat> in the case of like Battlefield 3, which we were talking about earlier, um, you actually, the game looks better. Like you have higher higher textures. Yeah. Like much, much better. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it it does suck to have to change your disc. And I, I agree with you on Mass Effect 3. That game, fuck, for some reason, you just have to change your disc constantly. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I, I play the main quest a little bit here and there, and then I'm like, oh, I want to do side quests now. So I'll go off and, and peter off to some other end of the, the galaxy and, and mess around with some side missions. But, yeah, I do find myself switching the disc constantly. It doesn't even make any sense, too, because like, yeah. I'm going to go to the Citadel. Disc two. What? I was just on disc two at the yep. Citadel, or disc one of the Citadel. Why do I need to re? God damn it! Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a big pain in the ass for Mass Effect three. But generally, I don't find myself changing discs a ton. No, I mean that's generally. But Mass yeah. Effect three is a huge offender in that, and especially at yeah. the end, like for whatever reason, they put the end game content on disc one. Which <laughs> I'm not even there yet. Uh, yeah, once you get close to the final mm-hmm. stuff, uh, it, it prompts you to go back to disc one, which is really weird. That's yeah, bizarre. Huh. You're basically <laughs> safe if you just keep disc one in your tray because um, you're going to switch out to disc two a whole lot less. Yeah. I've noticed. Hmm. Um, like I would forget what disc I had in last. I was like, oh, I don't know how this works. So I'd put in one and be totally fine every time. Hmm. Seems like maybe just some side quests are on two. I don't know how they divide yeah. it. It's weird. But yeah, you know we—it's uh, the nature of the beast. We're we're not big fans of uh, disc swapping, but yeah. Timothy says, <clears throat> "I'm curious to hear our thoughts or your thoughts <laughs> on two recent items. One is the more agile look and feel of Master Chief and how it will affect gameplay this November on Halo 4. The second is a rumor of a 16-core processor for the Durango, which is the code name for the next Xbox Xbox 720 Loop, whatever you want to call it." Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the thought the thought makes me salivate at the potential power of the system. I know it's just a rumor, but man, but a man can dream, can't he? It's true. So, yes, he can. 
A man can indeed To dream. answer that question, yes. <clears throat> but yeah, a 16-core processor? So many processors. That's Think insane. of the physics! Like, what do, what do actual PC CPU processors top out at now? Like, I mean, gen- generally for, like, what people will buy. I have one quad-core in my PC. My PC is badass. Yeah, quad-cores. I think they get up to, like, eight now. It, it really depends on the processor type, yeah. too. Like, if it's an AMD processor or an yep. Intel, Intel processor. Um, but, God, yeah, 16 sounds like a shitload. Successive. <laughs> and that, yeah, that, that won't be cheap, either. Yeah. I mean, so I, I personally don't know if... If if this is true, then I think it's a very like liberal definition of the word core. <laughs> like I don't think it's core in the way that we're thinking, like in terms of like a lot of PC processors, because that's just a shitload, and it would probably be like a lot of money. Yeah. to try to get. Yeah, it's also like what dev is going to be able to make the most of that? Probably two or three of them. Exactly. Like, who I mean, who can afford to make games that use that much? Right. Right. I mean, yeah, that would just be it's too much. There, there is such thing as too much. Well, I, I don't know if I would say that, uh, but <clears throat> I mean, the the way that it's going to be split out is if it is indeed sixteen core, and you know, to your point as far as identifying what each one of those actually means. Yeah. But you're going to have, um, you know, parsed out tech that will be able to handle each part of the, you know, the gameplay process. So you, like you said, you'll have physics. You'll have. What what are you saying? I'm trying to get I'm trying to signal Steven to turn down the sound in my headphones. Oh, sorry. Uh, Thank you. La, la, la. No. Casey um, messed it up. But it's the same sort of thing. Like <laughs> if you remember when the PS3 first launched and um uh like Insomniac was talking about resistance and uh like one core was dedicated to handle the physics, one core was dedicated to handle um the weapons mechanics one core was dedicated to handle lighting and all these different things Mm -hmm. and i I think ultimately what it's going to result in is uh just sharper everything um so i don't know if it's too much i mean honestly i you know i don't even know if we're ready for a a next generation meaning like they could put something out and is it truly going to be uh enough of a step uh, away from what we're at right now to where there'll be this giant difference um, and then how long will it last? Because things are just going so quickly in the PC market, say, for instance. I mean, yeah. and so, at any rate. Um, I'm glad you came to this same conclusion, because this came up like two weeks ago. And which, people were not happy with that conclusion. Which is <laughs> that what? Scott, Stephen, and I came to. That it's not going to be that big of a step. Well, it's not right now. Because, I mean, yeah. even if it comes out in 2013, like, with the tech that that would be built into it with any sort of affordability, to your point, Stephen, I mean... Mm-hmm. What can it actually be? I mean, it's not going to be a fifteen hundred dollar box. I no. hope. <laughs> that would, oh God, no. Way. So That'd whatever, whatever the yeah. guts are, it's gonna, it's going to have to be a balance between you know innovation and step up from what the three hundred and sixty does, just sheer output, yeah. and then something that's affordable. So, I mean, unfortunately, I think we're going to get something that is a middle ground between those two uh, opposites. Well, I don't know if it would be unfortunate. I mean. I think that that you well, know what I say. Between... What I mean is, uh, okay. if you put the two next to each other, I mean, is it going to be night and day? Like, I mean, the PS2 compared to the PS3 is gigantic. Oh, okay, I thought you meant like between like affordability and awesomeness. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Because I mean... <laughs> like, if it's uh, you know, it, there is a middle ground between like uh, something being you know cheap versus something being like for sure. the best i just don't know uh you know for me the things that i would want a next-gen console to do i just don't even know if we're ready for them to do you know it's yeah. it seems to me that and obviously we're going to learn a lot more about this stuff as the the days and months wore on but sure. uh like we're talking about something that's uh, that's a little bit more iterative that mm-hmm. you know and we, we just need to find out more about it so in answer to the first question as far as how do we feel about the agile look of master chief it definitely feels like he's being tuned uh for what i would call kind of call of duty gameplay like sprinting all the time and yeah. um you know it's he's the the model of master chief and then the spartans for multiplayer have all been redressed and uh i think that that it is about faster gameplay and yeah um so, I mean, how do I feel about it? Uh, I feel good about it. I mean, I guess I want, um, I would love to see a balance struck between what we had in Halo 2 and Halo 3 and then this new direction, which right. is kind of like proto-Reach. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a f- I am I feel like there were a lot of things about Reach that slowed gameplay down. Yeah. So I'm a fan yeah. of keeping things fast and getting things back into, you know, really quick action. It seems like also with him being more svelte and agile that he's a lot Svelte's more human now. That's a good word. 
Thank you. Um, like he, he has like kind of more of a human way of moving, which I'm all for because, you know, I'm probably going to get some hate mail for this, but I found a lot of the, the Halo games to just feel kind of floaty in that regard. Yeah. As like far whenever, as his movement? Or yes, yes. In terms of like motion, like moving Chief around. Walking um, just kind of felt like you were on a track. Yeah. It's a very, I don't know. Yeah, it, it felt didn't like, feel like walking. It didn't feel like movement. It felt like roller skating, Okay, basically. And it was... I, I don't know. I, I I thought it kind of took you out of the out of the game. Um, so maybe if he's you know a lot more agile and, and human acting, then we'll see a lot more of that of him like you know moving like a down like with steps. Yeah, well, I'm moving my arm. More f- inertia in his face. Yes, and stuff. More face inertia. Face more inertia. Blur. But just like more more firm motion motions where where you feel like you're actually moving around. More yeah. lens flare. Yeah. More, yes, we yeah. need lens flare. I think Gears does a really good job of that in third person, which mm-hmm. is weird because not many games do that. Um, Dead Space as well. Like every step feels like a genuine movement. Well, I think it's easier to demonstrate that when you're watching the character on screen taking those steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, just from like a pers- from the perspective, because in first person, it's I think it's way easier in first person. I just think not a lot of people get it right. Yeah, but it has zip lines. It does shit. You got me again. God. I don't even know what that yeah. means. I don't know. I'm down with whatever changes 343 is going to make. Because at this point, I've kind of reached like a Halo burnout period. Um, where I, I don't know. Three, how, are you, how are you at Halo burnout? There's no Halo. <laughs> I'm still burned out from ODST, man. Did you play that shit? Uh, yeah, and it wasn't bad. <laughs> I don't know. It's just since 3, which I enjoyed. And ODST was years ago. It was like See, here's the, here's the thing. Yeah. ODST was the last Halo game that I enjoyed. Because it was a total change of pace. It was you just Bungie. called it shit, though. No, no, no ODST is shit. Sorry, okay. Reach sucks. ODST is good. Stop confusing me, Casey. You're What's happening? just talking. I know. I'm so, I'm <laughs> don't much. sit here and talk. You're Reach just confusing God damn it. All right, so ODST, yes, ODST was the last one I enjoyed because it was a total experimentation period for Bungie where they were like, we're going to do whatever we want and change things and do different characters and have a totally different story and setting. And right. that worked out really well. Like, I really loved that. I loved seeing how different it was from Halo 1, 2, 3. And then I felt like Reach was kind of a return to form with a bunch of shitty characters nobody liked. And with this, it seems like... That, that you didn't like. Nobody. I speak for the people. I don't think that I that's true. I speak for the, the masses. I think you that there's a horde of Halo fans that would disagree with you. Oh, they, almost now, certainly. They, uh, a lot of the cast of Halo Reach um, mm-hmm. uh, was far less descript and more <clears> akin to, you know, say, uh, you know... Gunner A on the back of my mongoose or Pretty something. Much. So they might as well have just been NPC guy one two three. Yeah. Well, anyway, there was more to it than that, but yeah. Anyway, right. point All being, right. I liked the experimentation of ODST, and it seems like three four three is really going nuts with new ideas. Mm-hmm. Just it, they're very dedicated to making it a Halo game, which is very apparent. Um, but the, the steps they're kind of taking away from that is what interests me, especially in multiplayer, like all the stuff with the infinity and the co op campaign that they have in there, and then yeah. the randomization like kind of randomization of weapon drops in the drop pods that's hmm. all really cool to me because it's new it's it's halo but different and that's what excites me not just the existence of more halo well how could you be haloed out then if you if you don't like halo reach that means you haven't been playing yeah i stopped playing because i was like uh, so I that means know, you man. haven't played halo in like two years yeah because i was burned so out shut and the perpetually fuck up burned <laughs> out. all right no it more has halo. A, it has a zip line no it doesn't casey's very Spec protective better than halo I it has zip sorry. lines I just don't don't talk shit about Halo. <laughs> I, it's You're, his baby. He loves, loves Master it. Chief. That's I, true. I love Halo. That's I just care too much. I love it. I'm just totally he only wants out what's best for even it, though okay. I haven't played it in like three years. Why would I play it in, if the game is bad? It's not bad. Uh, Reach's multiplayer was pretty good. Now you're just confused. I just, I am. I'm gonna. Do you yeah. need a hug, Mitch? Yeah. Oh. That's what happens when the boss yeah. comes on the podcast. <laughs> I, I get say, flustered and nervous. I say things that don't mean Halo sucks, but I love it. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. I have a, oh. a, a, a complex relationship. Look, look with what Halo. you do to us, Timothy. We should move on, shouldn't we? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Let's do it. All right. We got time for one more. And this is a quickie. David says The Witcher, the original, is $10 on Steam. Should I play it before starting The Witcher 2, or will IGN's The Witcher Story recap video be sufficient for me to fully enjoy the sequel? Ten bucks, man? It, it's a good buy. You should play it because yes. it's awesome. You don't need to play it before playing Witcher 2. That's true. Um, plus, the, Witcher, the first Witcher is long, like 80 hours. It's a beast of a game, but yeah. a fun beast. And it's a good primer to like, at least you know, get ready for that universe. I mean, yeah. For ten bucks, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, it's totally, totally a good buy. It's a great game. I 
I I love it, and I'll play it to this day. Like, I think the combat's more interesting that. in that game too. You think so? With like yeah. the the rhythm timing based stuff, the, like rhythm tapping. Yeah, thing. it's cool. Little flaming sword. Yeah, icon. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hit it at the right time. Get super bonus points. Yeah, totally. Witcher Witcher one amazing game. Yeah. Totally worth ten bucks. If if you have ten bucks to spend on Steam, totally. Just yeah. Do it. If you'd rather save yourself eighty hours, um, we published a infographic <clears throat> interest like in the interest of you know witcher's never been on an xbox before because they canceled it and some people you know just don't play pc games yeah so So. the witcher 2 is available on 360 so we're in this awkward spot where uh, we haven't played the first game what the fuck is going on in this world which is really complicated Mm -hmm. um so we put up a guide just kind of like a story primer the beginner's guide to the witcher 2 to give you an idea of just the basic characters the world uh different names stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh just to prep you if you're just going to jump into the witcher 2 fresh so check that out um, in addition to that video, the story recap, which is really good as well. There's good blade oiling tips. <laughs> I don't know where you get that from. <laughs> Make sure you oil your blade before you go into combat. I didn't do that. I don't ever. remember blade oiling being that big. I did big that of a dragon in there, a lot. and it sounds like Ryan Clements. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Actually, I don't even know. I haven't played it. <laughs> oh my! God damn it, Casey! You Listen, you. Ryan was walking around the <laughs> office after he'd played, and he was talking about how he, before he went into combat, he made sure he oiled his blade. Up I, his I don't. Off. That probably didn't have anything to do with The Witcher. Yeah, 2, I think actually. he was talking about a different video he, game. It's entirely <laughs> maybe possible, not even a video game. <laughs> it's entirely possible he was just high on K-pop. So that's probably, possible. Probably. Girls' Generation, what have you. Email! Yay, that is it for email. Let's move on to some mubooks. Mubook. Mubooks. Mubook. What's the, what's the word for that one? I keep forgetting. It's that. We just stumble over mubooks. Come up with something. Right now, Casey. Do it. MBKs. Damn it. Mubook. MBKs. I think you guys got it. You did it, guys. Nailed it. We did it. You guys, we did it. Sam says, Deus Ex Human Revolution, Dragon Age Origins, and The Witcher 2. Mary Boff Kill Go. Oh, man. This is a really easy one. Um, so I'm going to marry The Witcher 2, because that game is goddamn incredible. Well, I'm going to boff Dragon Age Origins, because oh. that game is also goddamn incredible. <laughs> Fuck and you. I'm going to kill Deus Ex, because that game is super disappointing. You are just, you have bad taste. Oh yeah, watch this, Best Casey. Taste. I'm going to marry Dragon Age Origins. Oh, oh so boff good. Boff The Witcher 2. What? You guys. <laughs> Steven and I are going to play Wife Swap. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean the, the nature of MBKs is somebody gets left out, but there's no way that, that, that Dragon Age... The original Dragon Age is better than Deus Ex. Deus Ex you, is absolutely getting left out. You no did way. not play enough Dragon Age to it's really because it was boring for five hours. Oh my god, are we really going to do this? There's no five hours of boring shit in Deus Ex. It's all boring! It is not. <laughs> it is the about? worst. No, it's, it's good, but it's boring. Oh, there are parts of that game. good, but the worst? Because like, you're so... I know. I don't know how to use words. Mitch. No, th- I, dude, there are so All many right, points in that argue. game. So, that are so I'm just saying oh, for the record, man. for reasonable people out there, I'm going to marry Deus Ex because I love it. And I I love the the look, the feel, the music, all of it. Uh, I'm going to boff the only Witcher because I just, uh, there's hot chicks. Just because <laughs> you want to kill Dragon <laughs> And then, yeah, I, you know, I made a decision a long time ago that, that Dragon Age just wasn't for me. So, all right, let's go. I have to all right, Abdullah says, Cabin in the Woods, Butterfly Effect, and Saw. Mary Boff, Kill Go. Mary and Cabin in the Woods, because that movie was awesome. Have you seen it? Not yet. Dude, I go. really want to. I have, yeah. yeah super good. Super, it, it, super it's good. All right. The Odd Man Out. Casey's such a hater. I'm not, but it's good, but they did it all wrong. They did. They made the same mistakes in it that they made in Assassin's Creed. They let you in on the secret like in the first two uh, minutes. You're one of those oh, people. Shit, shit, I, I stop, disagree, stop. but I see where you're coming from. No yeah. spoilers. So, anyways, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, I... Oh, you go, go. Me? With Abdullah. Yeah. Go. Oh, well, go, Steve. Okay. I'm going to marry Cabin in the Woods because everyone says it's amazing. Yeah. And I'm going to kill uh, both. both Butterfly and <laughs> yeah. Saw because what? fuck them. I hate They're Saw. They're bad movies. Saw's well, okay, awful. Wait, wait. Movies, yes. The original Saw was really good. Yeah. <sighs> Debatable. Oh, you guys are so jaded. It's okay. I mean, What's wrong with you people? The it was only so good like, thing about that. Are you guys this MTV mean shit? on these shows now? That, do We're... I need to come back on? <laughs> That you guys just us down. Have lost We're all miserable bastards yeah. on this podcast. So I'm gonna, I'm After gonna. Pete left. It was just a write-off. <laughs> I'm gonna marry Saw, or no, actually, I'm really? gonna switch it now. I'm gonna marry Cabin in the Woods, okay. and I'll boff Saw the first one because that was really the only one that all was right. good. The second one was all right, and you know, yeah. Ashton Kutcher and Butterfly Fucking Effect. Butterfly Effect. I'm gonna what? stomp on that that wooden dollhouse. Stomp on that butterfly. Yeah, I'm gonna blow up that mailbox. <laughs> I don't oh know what God. you're saying. Uh, if you had seen those that miserable movie, oh, I saw the, it, but I just I think I've repressed it. I remember he strangled himself in the womb. That was his ultimate sacrifice at the now, end. That was how people <laughs> feel when they play Dragon Age. So let's go on. So Adam says, "God damn it!" What Adam says? Uh, this is a 
Rodriguez related one. Mm-hmm. From Dust Till Dawn, Planet Terror, and Machete. Machete. Mary Boff Kilgo. You go first. Me? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to marry From Dusk because that movie just holds a very special place in my heart. I love it. Uh, Boff Planet Terror because it was fun. It was definitely the better half of Grindhouse. And uh, I got to kill Machete. I saw it in the theater, like really excited for it, but I, I just didn't come out of it like giving a shit, you know? So that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's what I got. I'm going to marry From Dusk Till Dawn as well. Okay. Because it's delightful. I have not seen Planet Terror, so that's my kill. Okay. And I, uh, I enjoyed Machete, so that's my boff. Okay. That's the exact same thing, but I would boff Machete even if Planet Terror was good. I haven't seen Planet Terror. Uh-huh. But, um, but, dude, Machete, he jumps out of a window and into another one via a man's intestines. Yeah, it's like, true. Pretty uh, yeah, awesome. But here's the thing, and here's my problem. But I didn't with... see Planet Terror, so I can't. I can't wait, right. so I'm just killing it. But here's my problem with Robert Rodriguez movies, is that, like, crazy shit is just constantly happening in them. It's It, like, desensitizes you. He desensitizes you to his own movies. Like, if you watch, I don't know, Spy Kids or some shit like that, it's just this <laughs> constant torrent of CGI and shit going on. And you don't really have a proxy of, of something happening. Like, you know, you, you strike me as a Mexican, Stephen. Oh, my God. I am definitely a Mexican. Let's go shoot the cook. All right, one more. Okay. Kyle says, Game of Thrones, The Wire, Breaking Bad. So Very before we film. before we answer, no spoilers here allowed. No spoilers allowed for any of these. Okay. Not only for us, but for the listeners. For sure. Carry on. Um, I probably have the most interesting one. Here's, here's why I probably shouldn't even be doing this one. I haven't seen an episode of any of these God three damn shows. It, oh, I was going to say the same thing, except I watched, <laughs> I, I watched The Wire. And I didn't like it at all. Ooh, I saw like you're gonna maybe, get hate mail. Maybe five minutes of but, a wire episode, and then went off and did something what? else. Not because I hated it. None of these. I watched. I watched season one of The Wire, and it was all right. It wasn't. Okay. I guess I, I didn't. I didn't get into it in the same way that everybody else did. I'm not saying it's bad, but it just it wasn't something that stood out. I mean, obviously, there's however many seasons there are, <laughs> and I wasn't compelled to watch more. Yeah. Five. I've been busy with you know raising children, being married, running well, IGN, and I haven't watched Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones. So. Okay. Well, I guess that leaves me. <laughs> what do you got? So no spoilers, Mitchell. Yeah, I'm going to spoil it all just to be a dick. Um, <laughs> so I, I have not finished The Wire because that show, I, I understand where you're coming from in that you're not, you, you know, not liking it because I really struggled with the first season. I thought it was like the most hard to watch show ever. It's just so dense. So much happens in an hour that you walk away going, I need a nap. Yeah. Um, but uh, I really, really am enjoying Game of Thrones right now. So that's mm. my Mary. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to in that. So I'm going to boff the wire and regrettably kill Breaking Bad. Just because my only concession to that is that had this last season been the series finale, would have been totally okay. <laughs> but, you know. Interesting. I'm excited to continue watching The Wire and Game of Thrones. So they win. Now, another news, I was over at Tal's house last night and mm-hmm. he just indiscriminately put on the very last episode uh, <sighs> in the season of Kenny Powers. And I watched, watched that last night too. And we watched that and then... He, all the stuff happens that you saw, and I yeah. and I was looking at Tal, and I said, "What the, just happened?" He goes, "Oh, yeah. it was the season finale." <laughs> like, why did you just turn that on? I was yeah. really like not it, it actually felt like a series finale, right? To me. Yeah, that's exactly. I thought it was out. done. I was like, "I don't oh, know what shit. the show I, is." It's a uh, uh, oh, Eastbound and Down. It's not Kenny Powers. It's Eastbound and Down. I'm yeah. sorry. But yeah, it but it should be. It was fucking Kenny crazy what happened in like the last ten minutes. So awesome. And what about the beginning? Um, I the, the missed cam- the very beginning. You didn't see the cameo with, uh, what's his face from Knocked Up? No. Okay, well, you oh, need shit. to watch it. Again. Okay, yeah, I'll, re- I'll re-watch it, but... Why can't I think of his name? The, the... The Rogan? main guy? Seth yeah, Rogan? Yeah, Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right on. Well, that does it for MBKs and mail. If you have any more questions or you just want to shoot the shit with us, send us a message at unlocked at IGN.com. Remember to keep your emails short and sweet so we can try to get to them on the podcast. Email! Email! Conversely, you can hit us up on Twitter at Podcast Unlocked, at IGN, at Mitchie D, at Lynchtacular, and myself at Steven underscore Hopper. And our meta achievement for the day is... I didn't think of one. God damn it, Mitch. So, while I explain what this is for, everyone think of one quick! (laughs) I have one. Okay, okay, what do you got? What is it? So, uh, tell us what multiplayer would benefit from having zip lines added to it. Mm, good. <laughs> and why? Good, I love it. And that should be worth what? Ten. 
That's an easy one. It's a good ten. Okay. Yeah. That's a tenner. It's a solid tenner. So, and so say 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 I am a podcast unlocked listener. I write in that X game needs zipline, and here's why. Mm-hmm. What could I win, Mitch? You might win the last Fez code that I have. <gasps> that, that game is amazing. The game that you should play in favor of Trials of Evolution, even. Yes, that's oh the one, Casey. So you could be winning Fez <laughs> and getting both because you could just buy Trials and win Fez. So this could be your lucky week. Definitely. So. You know, and even uh, if you don't get that Fez code, you're still getting 10 meta achievement points. Yeah! Yay! Unlocked at IGN.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, Locksmiths, for joining me on this podcast. Thank you very much, listeners, for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Dragon Age is way better than Deus Ex. You were Bleep. full of shit. Bleep Bleep Bleep. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.